Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Week number two is today of this topic called Even If. Look to your neighbor, say, Even If. Look with a little bit more sass to the neighbor you first ignored and say, Even If. With like an unction, like you're upset about something. You just ate Taco Bell and three hours has passed. Like, even if, like, just something. Even if. This, the heart behind this series is not to address your strength. It's not. It's not to address your strength. It's not to address your ability to stay strong amidst the storm and to power through. Even if it's tough, I'm going to just grit my teeth. and ugh. Like, no, it's not about that at all. This series, even if, is about faith. It's about our ability to look toward the one who's overcome the world. So throughout this series, last week, Pastor Sebastian came and brought a word. Come on, somebody. Who enjoyed last week? Yeah, come on. Mm. P.S. Pastor Sebastian. That, you got to come up with something. That, that's too smooth. We got to get something up there. Our creative people, figure that out. P.S. P.S. I love you, Sebastian. There we go. Um, but Pastor Sebastian came and preached about change and the unchangeable God. Simply put, that even if everything else in the world is changing, our God is not. And we can find peace and rest and stability knowing that our God will never, ever change. Now, tonight, like I said, we're continuing this even if thought. And tonight, I want to title this message simply this, what if, even if. Yeah, I know. I saw some puzzled faces. You're like, I don't think I get it, man. It's good. You're going to. It's the whole point of preaching. It's a, it's a joke, guys. You can laugh. Ah, ah, ah. Like, no, no, we're not doing that. I can't do that. Oh, gosh. We're going to go into what if, even if. Let me just pray. I need to pray. We need to just get into this. Lord, thank you so much for what has happened thus far this evening. Lord, we don't want to ignore it. We don't want to minimize it. We don't want to move past it. Your, pri- your presence is my number one priority here tonight. The ministry to you, our God, our King, our Savior. So Lord, even in the preaching of your word, let this be worship, Jesus. You know the things in my heart, good and bad, Lord, and I need you to be my strength and my, my fortress and my help. Lord, help me to not say things I shouldn't say and help me to say everything that's on your heart tonight. Lord, we receive you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here's the important question, and I think this is going to be a very common consensus. I think we're all going to agree on it. Bugs are disgusting. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right. Chick-fil-A is good. Bugs are disgusting. Dogs are better than cats. Things that everybody agrees on. These are the facts. Just the facts. Standard rudimentary facts. I hate bugs. Years ago, I encountered a bug that changed my life forever. This bug was a cockroach, the scum of the earth. I'm telling you, the apocalypse is going to happen. Those things are going to be kicking around doing what they got to do. What you got? Heck to the no. That's what I'm talking about. We don't deal with cockroaches. Now, years ago, my sisters, I have two sisters, Megan, the oldest, Madeline, the middle, and then me, the youngest. 
Dink. Like, that's me. Um, we were all living in my parents' house. We're all adults. Um, we all had jobs. We all had that 9 to 5 grind. Let's work. More like 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. because that's my work schedule. I installed glass. Watch out. Now, at the time, I was in my bedroom getting ready for bed, you know, and I see a cockroach right on the ceiling, like right above my pillow on the ceiling, though. So I completely clear the bed, and, and I take the pillows off, and I remove the comforters, and I grab my biggest fat flip-flop I possibly can, because I want to, you know, the, the flip-flop has that, like, clap. I just, that's what I'm looking for. The, I want to and you're going to feel it. And so I go to hit it, and I miss, and it drops down. I jump, I almost hit my head on the ceiling because I'm terrified, and it scurries away, and I couldn't find it. So I did what any good man would do. I slept on the couch downstairs that night because I was like, oh, heck no. What if that thing crawls on me in my mouth? Ooh. No, 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 no. Can't do that. So 6 a.m. rolls around. I wake up. I have my giant comforter on my shoulder because I'm a man, and I'm walking upstairs, pitch black in the middle. Well, not in the middle of the night. It's 6 a.m. in the morning, pitch black, and I hear my oldest sister, Megan, like opens the door and she starts walking down because she's a nurse. She's going to work early in the morning and she says, hey, Matt. And I'm like, yeah. Like I was just so tired. I'm like, yeah. And, and she doesn't hear me say, yeah. And I start walking up the steps and then out of nowhere, Wah! she starts full on kicking me down the stairs. And I'm like, and I literally, honest to God, I thought, oh my gosh, the cockroach is on me. I'm like, ah! I'm start screaming, she's screaming, we're both screaming, it's six in the morning, my sister Madeline's like, literally like this far away from us, dead asleep, just way out. And my dad runs around the corner, he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, Megan, Megan, and she's literally kicking me down the stairs. And then she says, oh, I thought you were a murderer carrying a body on your shoulder upstairs. And I'm like, no. And it was this one bug almost killed me. Literally almost changed my life because my sister thought I was a murderer. Long story short, what does this have to do with anything? <laughs> Simply this. Even if is God's addressal of our what if. A lot of our fears in life, what if that cockroach does something to me? A lot of our fears culminate in this one simple phrase, what if. What if I lose my job? What if this? What if that? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? What if? Tonight, I want to propose to you that God's even if is greater than any what if you could possibly have. Oh, I know that is good. Come on, preach. Joshua 1, chapter 9. Open up your Bibles. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Guys, forgive me. I haven't preached in like a year and I'm out of shape. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get through these fast. I have a ton of scripture. If you don't stick with me, that's fine. Don't feel like you have to flip to everything. We're going to fly through this. Let's read. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid. I'm about to burp. For, uh, be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41.10. What does it say? It says this. Fear not. Look to your neighbor say, fear not. Fear not. That's, like, that, that, that's, that's weak. Like a grunt. Fear not. Like, say it to your neighbor. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. 
somehow got worse. Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. The overwhelming consensus from Revelation to Genesis, from Genesis to Revelation, if you read your Bible backwards, because I said it backwards, I'm sorry, is this simple thought. Don't be afraid. God is with you. That's the message. Your God is with you. So don't be afraid. But here's the issue. Even if I were to convince Nick, God's with you, man. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily address that I'm still afraid. God's with me like I got it. I'm still afraid. What do I do? A lot of people don't realize, or they say this, Matt, God, God can't really be with me. Like, you don't know, you don't know the stuff I've done. The stuff I'm still doing, hey, yo. I got a lot of problems, a lot of sin. I got some pride issues in my life you don't even want to talk about. Like, it's just ugh, disgusting, like a cockroach. It's not good. You know, when I was a kid, there was this, this commonly held belief, because we were singing, holy, holy, oh, God, I can't do that, that's bad. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, right? Holy, holy, holy. I, when I was a kid, this was just facts. Like Everyone believed this, that God being holy won't follow you into unholy behavior. Here's the reality. That's just not true. But, you know, in the middle of sin, it feels so true, doesn't it? I messed up again. God must be far from me. Here I am again, struggling again. Point number one, it's, it's really simple. I think it's going to be encouraging. You're not that good of a sinner, Right? You're kind of bad at it. Like on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, 1 being like the worst sinner. That's confusing. You're not good at sinning. You're just a bad sinner, you know? Psalms 139.8 says this. Oh, this is good. Psalms 139.8. Booth, come on, somebody. If I ascend into heaven, you are there. Oh, come on, our holy people. He's there. But, but if I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there too. Well, Matt, what, even, what if I do this? Even if you do that, he's there with you. Are you seeing that? Romans 5 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. But Matt, what if I'm still sinning? I still haven't gotten over this thing that I keep saying I'm going to get over and I, don't, I just haven't had any. Yes, what if that, even if that, God is still with you? It's going to sink in eventually. It's going to, I'm, I'm like pressing, I'm tilling up the soil of your hearts right now. Some of you are just giving me this like, I don't care what you're saying, but it's going to get in there. Romans 8. Can we put up Romans 8.35? This is going to be so good. You guys are going to love this. Romans 8. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a great question. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Next verse. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Next verse, keep going. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors to him who loved us. Keep going. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Is it your bad day? Is it, I'm just too good of a sinner? No, you're a horrible sinner. 
Think about this. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If he's willing to come down from paradise, heaven, mind you, heaven, put on skin and bone, spend 30 to 33 years on this planet being tempted in every way, being ridiculed, spit on, beat with um, a whip, being hung up on a cross and being mocked while it all happens, his blood being poured out for us, for you, so that you could go to heaven. What makes you think there's something you could do in this lifetime that he would abandon you now? Right? I mean, it's, it's so quiet in here. I can hear people's gum. Like, I just, it's quiet. Isaiah 43, 13. This is another good one. That's not it. Isaiah 43, por favor. Indeed, before the day was, I am he. This is God speaking. And there is no one who can deliver out of my hands. I work and who will reverse it? Are you so good of a sinner that you could close a door that God opens for you? That's a no. You can respond if you want. I feel like I'm alone up here. That's a no, right? Thanks, Nina. We're on the same page. I appreciate it. I see you. Let me read this again. Indeed, before the day, uh, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who could deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? I work, and who will reverse it? Is there anything you could do to separate yourself from the love of God and distance yourself from your Savior? Absolutely not. Well, what if I'm not a Christian, man? I <laughs> got you there. Like, what are you going to do now? Like, I haven't accepted him into my heart. Is God, is God with me? Yes, special child. Yes, he is. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Moses. Anybody know Moses? God wrote a lot of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, the, Pentateuch, the, uh, the Torah, the, four, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah, right? Moses. Did you know for the first 40 years of his life, he was not a follower of Jehovah God? Did you know that? Interestingly enough, though, that God had a plan on his life to one day lead the nation of Israel out of captivity. And he led millions of people out of captivity and to the front door of the promised land. We'll not get into that part right now. Interesting story. The first 40 years of his life, he was being tutored by a king. He was being strategically preserved by God. Long before he could ever accept him, he was a baby. There was a mass genocide. All the children in, in the Israelite people were being slaughtered. Moses was preserved. God protected him. Long before God picked Moses, God protected him, right? And then God said, hey, Moses, I know one day you're going to be leading a nation. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you in a family that's going to help you become a leader and teach you these skills of leading nations, even when you don't know you're going to be leading a nation yet. Yes, even if you don't have God, God is still with you. Even if you haven't accepted him into your heart yet, there is not a moment on this planet that you have not lived with God being with you. Not a moment. There's the song, I can't sing it. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. Don't judge me. God is always with you, so you should not be afraid. See, my greatest concern, and I, I don't like sharing this, but I'm going to share it because of time and where we're at. My greatest concern for our youth ministry is not that you don't know God's word. Man, we got some Bible thumpers up in this room. You guys know God's word. I'm telling you, you do. You're smart. You pursue the presence of God. Like, you, you got some things down, right? My biggest concern is that we've forgotten who we're walking with. 
We just forgot. We've so soon forgotten our first love, what it meant to be captivated by God, to remember the mighty power of God that took you from the kingdom of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of light who picked you up from the muck and the dirt and the grime of life and put your feet on the rock, who saved you, who saved you. We, we've so soon forgot the power of our God. Point number two, if you're taking notes, I don't, these points really aren't that great, guys. It's okay. Do you know who walks with you? You don't have to put it up on the screen, but Genesis 1 talks about this, this beginning, the creation of everything. The story goes like this. Let there be light. Do you know what happened? Any, any scholar, Bible scholars in the room, what happened after that? Come on. Well, that is horrible participation. Let's go to this side of the room. Our scholars over here. Let there be light. What happened? There was, there was Okay, that was worse. Let's go to this section. Let there be light. What happened? There was light. Oh, beautiful. Okay, okay, cool. We'll, let's go to this side. Let there be light. And there was, there was light. <laughs> Holy Spirit, that was, and then there was light, right? Even God's like, there's light, kids, come on, duh. There was light. You walk with the God who, when he speaks, universes are made. Let there be light. Everything comes into obedience to his word. He speaks, and literally everything comes to be. When you leave tonight, look up at the stars in the sky. The trees, the barks, the ants, the grass, everything, even the concrete, like you and me, everything at a breath. That's the God you're walking with. Come on, somebody, let God speak to you. Let God inform your life. Let him change you by letting his breath that creates universes. Like, think about this. When you're walking with the God who made everything, anything is possible. Well, I don't have, what if I have nothing? Well, God had nothing and he made everything. (laughs) He started with zero and created everything because when he speaks, creation comes out of him. Well, what if I don't have faith for that? Matt, it doesn't matter if you don't have faith for it. In Mark, uh, in the book of Mark, the entire book of Mark, you'll see four different accounts of faith. There's this guy who's like, God, can, if, if, can you heal? Like, if, if you can heal, heal me, right? Zero faith. He doesn't even know if God can do it, right? He doesn't know if God's willing. He doesn't know if God can. Zero faith. You know what Jesus did to him? He healed him. The next guy, he, was, uh, um, he had leprosy. He said, hey, if you're willing, heal me. One, he knew God could do it. He didn't think God was willing to do it. God's willing to do it. Spoiler alert, right? The next lady, we all know the story. Woman with the flow of blood. She's running through the crowd, kicking people, elbowing people, trying to get to Jesus because I just want to touch the hem of his garment. And then she got healed. Extraordinary faith. Fantastic. She got healed. Spoiler alert. Then there's this last guy, blind Bartimaeus. His name's Bartimaeus. He's blind. Fun story. He's sitting on the road, and then he hears Jesus is coming, and he's like, Jesus, if that's you, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then Jesus is like, bring him over here. Bring him to me. And blind Bartimaeus stands up, takes his jacket off, is led by somebody because he's blind, gets to Jesus. Jesus says, hey, what do you want? I, I... I'm blind. He's like, okay, I'll heal you. He's healed. Four different encounters of different people with faith. Extraordinary faith. Blind Bartimaeus. Do you want to know why it's extraordinary faith? Does anybody want to know why? Because it's really interesting. One person, one person. Thank you. Participation. Come on. Blind Bartimaeus was blind. In that time, in Bible times, they put jackets on you based on your ailments. 
So if you were blind, you had a jacket that defined you as a blind person. If you were a leper, you had a cloak, like a jacket that you put on that would define you as a leper. So when the moment he heard Jesus is calling him, he left his jacket back at the place where he was sitting because he knew he didn't need it anymore. Extraordinary faith. God heals you no matter what. If you have no faith, little faith, some faith, great faith, extraordinary faith, he meets you where you're at. So Matt, what if I don't have faith? It doesn't matter if you have faith. God is with you no matter what. Come on, someone say amen. What if the whole world's against me? Psalms 24.1 says the world is the Lord's and the fullness therein. It does not matter if the whole world's against you because God owns the world. He has home court advantage no matter where you go. What if I'm really in a storm, mad, and it's really hard and windy and tough? Jesus walks on the waves. He commands storms to stop, and they stop. Pause. It's not just a metaphor. Like, we always take it like the storms of life. Yes, storms of life, true, 100% true. Literal storms. Jesus literally walked on literal waves that were, like, rushing crazy. And he literally calmed real winds and real waves to be still. Well, what if there's a natural disaster? It doesn't matter if there's a natural disaster, even if there's a natural disaster, because the natural disasters submit to Jesus, your God, the one who never leaves you, never forsakes you, and walks with you all the days of your life. That's too good. It's too quiet in here. We'll end on, we'll end on this. I could go through, because I have like 40 written down. All these what-ifs. Well, what if this? What if that? Even if that. I promise you, I got the verses down. The question tonight is, what is your what-if? What's the area in your life that you have just said, what if this? And there's this underlying gnawing inside of you. Perhaps we could call it anxiety or fear or dread. Biblical scholars would call it foreboding. Excuse me. Let me tell you, it's not good to eat like five to six Slim Jims right before you preach. It's just like, ugh, God of mercy. Kimberly's looking at me like, that's not appropriate. It's not. <laughs> Who was that? Good Lord. Hopefully those people over here didn't hear it. He just said, mm. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. What's your what if? What's your what if? What's the area in your life that you really say, what if God, what if this happens? Or what if this doesn't happen? What if my healing doesn't come? What if my family's not restored? What if this, what if this, what if this? There is a good God out there in here, in you, with you, walking with you. We tell you guys almost every week, read your Bible. Get into this thing. Not because we care about your daily Devo reps, like, one psalm, two psalm, three psalm, Proverbs. Like, we don't care. We don't care about that. That's, that's not Ecclesiastes 1. Ecclesiastes, oh, God, I have no balance. We don't, we don't care about your reps. We don't want your checklist. We don't, we don't care. The shawls are laughing because I'm overweight. Get out of here. I see you laughing. It's okay. We want you to read God's word for intimacy. Intimacy. I don't care how long or how short you read your Bible, as long as you get intimate with the Lord. Now, what does intimacy mean? That's a big, fancy word, and it's kind of romantic. I don't get it. Into me, you see intimacy. Into me, you see intimacy. I'm going to say it again one more time, real slow. Intimacy. Into me, you see. Oh, Kimberly's got it. Good. 
here's the step. When you read your Bible, read it in such a way that you're revealing God, revealing yourself to God. This is where I'm at, Lord. This is my what if. This is my deep struggle. This is my fear. Your word says you're never going to leave me nor forsake you, but I have this big what if in my heart. I need you to guide me and lead me. I'm scared. I don't know. What's your what if? I hate point number three because it's not a good point, but point number three, it's just not worded well. I don't like it. Even if faith is formed in intimacy with God, the faith that says even if, you know, like it's just not good, but Faith is formed in intimacy with God. What we did at the end of worship where we lingered, Ari led us so wonderfully in that song, shout out Ari. It's, it's lingering. It's waiting. We're so busy rushing around doing this. I got to get to this. I got to like practice this. this. Just, we're all over the place. Slow down. God, I'm really dealing with this. I want to be alone with you today, Lord. I want to talk to you today, Lord. I, I need you to address the what-ifs in my heart. And uh, There is not a what-if that you could come up with that he doesn't have an even-if for. There's nothing. Maybe you have it in your mind right now. Write it down on the piece of paper. Write down what your big what-if is, and then go, God, what is your even-if to that? Lord, is there a verse? Is there a scripture? Is there a person you want me to talk to? You know, I'll end with a quick little testimony. I, um, three Mondays ago, I was working with a tool to fix a water leak in my house. This tool was spring-loaded, and it shot up and went, and hit me in the chin. I closed my jaw really hard. My teeth chipped, and I spit out some teeth. It was, my teeth are great, guys. Like, like it's still good. But my ears started ringing really bad. Kimberly was with me that night, and she was, like, I was literally, like, like in pain, like, I was in so much pain. I went to the doctor, went to the dentist, did all these things, but I had this insanely painful ringing in my ear and this stuffiness. Then I was listening to a podcast that the Lord just really has on my heart to listen to from this guy named Chris Vallotton. It was amazing. And in this podcast, with the last 10 minutes of the podcast, right, he says this, hey guys, the message is over, but you know, I feel like we have some ministry to do, intimacy with the Lord. Hey, Maybe it's someone on podcast, maybe it's someone in the room, but like a week ago, you had a ringing start in your ear, and then he went on to describe my entire week, just in great detail, described me. This guy lives in California. He doesn't know me. He trusts me. I know him. He doesn't know me. Described my week, and I'm literally breaking down as the presence of God meets me in my van, as this guy who lives in California a week ago shared this thing, and it was exactly for me. And I got healed right there on the spot of the ringing in my ear, right? Amazing, amazing, right? And then catch this. Two days later, Kimberly and I are driving down 160 at night, and there's this Goodyear on 160. You're going to go, if you go past it tonight, you'll see it. The, the Y is out in Goodyear. It's just out. And what does it say when the Y is out? It says good ear. It says good ear. <laughs> so Kimberly, like, we were, we were driving really quiet, just long day and she like looks over and she hits me on the leg and is like good ear proclaim that in the name of Jesus and I was like I receive it and then my ear literally got completely healed and the stuffiness went out just like that just like that completely healed I was in extraordinary pain and the Lord through Chris Valentin some guy in a different part of the, the world and my fiance 
were used to bring healing to my body in a very supernatural way. That's intimacy with the Lord. She's hearing the Lord. She sees the Lord. She's talking to the Lord. She's being used by God. And even if I break my ear and I'm in excruciating pain, it doesn't matter what the what if is. Even if God's going to meet you there, how is he going to do it? He may send a guy from across the world, share something to you that you didn't even know. You don't even know who this guy is. Brings life to you. Tonight, um, I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want to encourage you to do two things. Repent is the first one. Repent. Um, every time God shows up, he shows you a new level of how awesome he is. Uh, come on, was God not awesome tonight? I mean, he, he's been incredible. It's healthy. It's not like repent because you're just a bad person. Sometimes repentance is good. Like you're doing something really good and you repent even still. So this is what I want you to repent of. Repent of your yesterday's view of God. He's bigger than he was yesterday. He's better than you thought. He's so much bigger, so much better, so much more faithful. He's never leaving you nor forsaking you. You need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I didn't realize how good and how faithful you are. And when you do that, he shows up even more. The favor, the grace, the rest, that peace you're looking for just rests on you when you repent and get your heart right before the Lord. Uh, We're going to do that. I'm going to pray and just repent under your breath. God, this is the thing. I'm sorry. Okay, is that good? We'll do that, and then I'll say my last thing, and we'll be done. Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Um, God, I pray that these words that were spoken, although they were from my mouth, Lord, that they would carry the weight of your power and your presence. I don't want this service to be pure inspiration and motivation. I want it to be transformation, Lord. I want your nearness and your presence to be so tangible with these students, Lord, that no matter their what if, no matter what they get themselves into or find themselves in, Lord, your presence, your nearness would be so tangible to them. God, in the areas that all of us may have in our minds where we think, God, you're far from us, I pray you show yourself near in the name of Jesus, that you would show yourself strong and that you would put a display of your closeness and your intimacy toward us and for us, God, in these upcoming days, weeks, months, for the rest of our lives, Lord, in 20 years. Let that be the story of us, that we were close to God and he was close to us. Lord, I repent my yesterday's view of you me, Matthew Tiller, I'm not praying for anyone else but me. God, I repent. You're, you're way better than I thought. And I thank you for that. I thank you that for the rest of my life, all the days of my life, you're going to continue to show me just how good you are. Inexhaustible. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.